0: Go check out platform.com that's P L T 4 M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might've missed. Don't forget to check out at coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag hog football chat. When you're there, we have a great episode for you today. So let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I have got one of my good coaching friends, Coach Brad Koontz, with me. Uh, coach Koontz is a current head football coach at Plainfield East High School. Uh, Before that, he spent time at Plano High School as a head coach, and before that, he spent time at his hometown of Carlisle High School as an assistant coach. Coach Koontz actually uh, also played for the uh, infamous Miami Hurricanes back in the day, and we're going to talk a little bit about that with him today. Coach, how are you doing?
1: I'm great, and I'm honored to be a part of this today.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. I know you were uh, just outside playing with the, the kids in the snow, so I appreciate you coming in and warming up.
1: Yeah, I got a good video I'm gonna tweet out in a little bit here. Uh sure. I think you'll enjoy good me good, good, good playing um, with them. So good.
0: Uh you know, first things first, and this is something I ask everybody, and you uh have background as a an offensive line guy and and obviously playing on some really great football teams in the past and, and coaching some great football teams in the past. How important is the offensive line to uh to the success of those uh of those teams?
1: Well, you know, I think I think that it it can't be overstated how important the offensive line is um because you know like when we when we had when we won the national championship 2001 and even the year before and the year after that mm-hmm. um you know 2001 our offensive line did not allow a single sack the entire year there was one sack allowed the entire year and you know it was like uh, on a all-out blitz, and the running back missed missed somebody. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, passing game wise, I mean, you know, Ken Dorsey, phenomenal quarterback. It was awesome for him to have the O line that he had. Um, you know, guys like McGahee and Portis and and Frank Gore, like those guys. Um, you know, they they were they needed the line that we had too. You know, and it gave them opportunities to be top tier. And obviously at the high school level, um, you don't always get to recruit the guys that you get, you know. And so you always have to play towards their strengths. And, you know, you have to basically design your offense around what the offensive line can do and what they can handle. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's, I think a lot of times people try to try to force them to do things they're not comfortable doing, and then that's – that's not good. You know, you got to let those guys be, be comfortable, especially at that level at the high school level.
1: Definitely. And, you know, sometimes, you know, even, even at an eight day school, like what we're at, you get guys that don't play an old line their first three years, or um, maybe they get bigger and all of a sudden that's a spot that, that, you know, they weren't, they were really athletic. And now they've, they've muscled up and bulked up a little bit. You can get them in the O line. And, but it's one of those positions that, if you can If you can teach it, you can get guys in there that hadn't played before, and through technique and effort you know they can they can contribute right,
0: yeah, absolutely great point um, you know first first question I've got for you, and this is kind of something i've always I've always been curious about is uh, you know you are a, a former player at at, at, uh, at Carlisle high school um, and, and for those of you that don't know Carlisle is a, a small town and in, uh, Southern Illinois. Um, how in the world did you end up in Coral Gables?
1: Well, I think the first thing that, you know, gave me that opportunity is the fact that, you know, my brother and my sister are both 13, 14 years older than me. And my sister played golf at Illinois and my brother played basketball at Illinois and then transferred to Iowa state. And so, um, it's like I expected to play some sort of college sports and right. that was just kind of the expectation. Um, you know, I, I, actually, I remember being four and five years old and going to the recruiting, like not in the official visits, but the recruiting visits with my brother and, and just kind of being around that, you know, and, and meeting guys like Bobby Knight and Judd Heathcote and Lou Henson and, you know, all these college coaches. And, you know, it was like, this is just kind of how we do things It kind of felt like. Right. Um, So, you know, even being at a small school and and, you know, not not necessarily, you know, facing the top competition, my dad really knew how to handle recruiting. And so, you know, we we traveled all around the country going to camps and, um, you know, we didn't have the social media uh, back then the way that that we do now. So, I mean, I I remember it was my dad, um, my sophomore year during basketball season. I had like a severe uh, knee like bone infection where I was out for the rest of the basketball season and I was like hospitalized. And my dad took my sophomore football eight by 10 and made a copy of it and then wrote a letter on the back. And then he he uh, we sat down and and, uh, Sports Illustrated came out with a top 100 um, schools to play sports at. Basically. And my dad sent it to every one of those schools that had a football program. Wow. And so um, that happened, and you know it just kind of it created a buzz and um, you know I, I started going to camps, and you know that was like I, I when I was at Miami, I just remember Mario Cristobal, the head coach at Oregon, was a graduate assistant at the time, and he came up to me after camp. And you know, Mario Crystal Ball is one of the most intense people on the planet, mm-hmm. and he came up to me and he goes, "You're gonna go back and you're gonna keep working, and you're gonna send me a film of you just destroying people." <laughs> and then I kind of chuckled, and he said, "No, it's not funny. I'm being serious. <laughs> if you don't, if if you send me that, we'll get you in here." Right. And so I mean, that's that's kind of where things were, and I just remember that being like um, such a powerful moment. And just the fact that, you know, Art Kehoe is one of the, you know, awesomest people on the planet, um, getting the to, to play for him, you know, it just kind of, it kind of made sense. Right.
0: Well, and that's kind of a good, a good segue to my next question because, um, Art Kehoe is one of the kind of one of my coaching idols, I guess. I I, I can remember actually my, my head coach, um, or my position coach in high school, actually spent some time down in Florida coaching high school football, and and he always had some really fond memories of of Coach Kehoe. Um, what I mean, what was that? What was he like? What was that that offensive room like, or, or that offensive line room like? Because I mean, you you think about it, some of the names of the guys in that room are our all-time greats in, in, in college football history. What was, what was Coach Kehoe like as a, as a, as a coach and as a man, and, and what was that room like?
1: His personality just kind of flowed through all of us. And the thing about him is he is such a good people person. He cares about everybody that he runs into. He'll go the extra mile for you. But he's so intense and the thing that he always said is knowledge is king. Knowledge is king. And, you know, the thing I remember most about Coach Kehoe that it kind of pulled over into my coaching is, you know, we, we installed inside and outside zone, um, you know, like I think it was my sophomore or junior year, and that was kind of a relatively new thing. And, um, you know, I, I remember him – all the people that he brought in to, uh, to kind of help teach that. It wasn't like he was trying to reinvent the wheel or to try to make it his own. You know, he had, he had, um, uh, coach wise and, and, um, oh, what's the guy from the Broncos. Oh, coach Gibbs. Yeah. Coach Gibbs. I mean, coach Gibbs came in and sat in our line meeting room and taught us how to run the zone. And it was just amazing. And, um, you know, he he was humble in that aspect, but he took it and would always take it a step further. You know, it his his intensity is through it. And just the way that he taught things, the way that he was always willing to stay after practice and work, you know, with guys that want to get better, um, you know, different things like that, it just it just kind of radiated through our room. And you know, I, I think I think the thing that is kind of the one of the better, you know, I had a lot of great experiences at Miami, but sitting in that O line meeting room, the jokes that would flow, the <laughs> um, the awesome, you know, like pranks we would play on Coach Kehoe and him having the personality to, you know, kind of accept it and laugh at it, and move on, right? You know, and and the other thing is the way he watched film. Um, I think the if there was anything else that is huge that I took from him is, you know, he gave us these offensive line grades. And it wasn't just like, you know, a plus on this play, a minus on that play. There were like 10 stat categories of different things that he thought were positive or negative things. And um, you know, he, he kept track of it. He had a board up on the wall who had the most pancakes um, who had, who had the, uh, the most OTGs falling on the ground Mm-hmm. um I was I was the king of the OTGs uh, I was actually my nickname my first two years <laughs> in Miami nice. was OTG um but you know he just I, I can't say enough positive things about him and you know it was it was really just a privilege to be around him for that time and, and to still you know have him as a friend I mean he unfortunately you know recently uh had a stroke mm-hmm. and he's recovered and he's doing better right now and good um, but you know he's he's just an amazing guy, and I, I just uh, you know I I was also fortunate that I wore his number fifty nine, and that was his jersey number. Oh wow! And so he and I always had that kind of connection a little bit. Um, you know, I, I I obviously I didn't end up being you know the Brian McKinney, Vernon Carey, Eric Winston, Chris Myers, uh, you know, Brett Romberg guy that going on to play in the NFL for years, but um, you know I, I was a good backup and and I, I knew my role in that room and right um, you know the thing was he treated me just like everybody else when, right even and, if I wasn't those guys right and that's actually a good you know
0: that's a good point for guys listening that that want to get that message out to to maybe younger guys or younger <laughs> offensive linemen you know know your role in the team and you know you you knew you had a spot and you knew where you spot was and, and you embraced it and that's you know that's um that's admirable unto itself
1: so um you know I I and that's something that he that's something that he said all the time and when he started saying that it kind of proved my point. I truly think the rock the wrestler the rock mm-hmm. got most of his stuff from Kehoe, like from things he had to say at practice and stuff like that. Really? Because like yeah because I mean that's that's the kind of stuff the stuff you would hear the rock say in the ring the kind of stuff you hear coach Kehoe say in offensive line meetings and you know not that the rock was an lineman, but you know coach Kehoe was there since 1980 when he was a player right and you know he's he's there and you know he he builds a relationship with every kid on the team and um you know I, I could I could definitely say that you know maybe some of that rock personality came from Kehoe
0: that's kind of cool that's that's pretty cool right there so um that's I mean I can you know I can those are some of the arguably best football teams in in college football history. So just being a part of that would be unbelievable, but um, you know, we'll, we'll change, we'll change subject a little bit. We'll change gears. Some, we don't, we don't want to talk too much about the U, but um, you know, obviously you're, you're now the head football coach at Plainfield East um, in 8A high school in 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 Illinois. And uh, what are you guys doing? and, And how are you guys handling the pandemic right now and handling everything that's going on? What, what have, what have you guys been doing to, to sort of keep that, keep that bond going and, and, and keep the, the team together?
1: Well, first off, you know, we had a really good winter and spring, and it was really awesome the way we kind of set the tone for this, this segment and this year. And, you know, it's, when, when something like this comes up, and, you know, obviously it's unprecedented and not something that happens every year, every uh even every 100 years right it's uh it's just a different situation and i'm really happy the fact that we established kind of our identity and and our work ethic in that time period um because right now i mean it's who knows what's going on in, in kids lives right now you know what i mean like right kids on our team and and uh their families you know some of them are some of them are having to work right now some of them are you know doing things for their parents some of them um since their their little brothers and sisters can't go to school they have to sit there and, and babysit them all day and you know it's, it's it's a different situation so um you know i've been i've been giving our guys workouts and they've been doing them and you know they send me pictures after they do the workouts that kind of thing um you know i i kind of tried to put together and, and in-home combine, um, with some events that they could do at home. Um, I kind of stole that from Batavia, which Batavia is always, you know, cream of the crop with a lot of things. And they're, right. if you're a coach and you're wanting to learn something, follow them on Twitter and, and, you know, steal what you can and make it your <laughs> own. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a it's a situation where, you know, I, I met my, with my seniors on zoom once and, and it was really good to see their faces and talk to them. But, you know, they, uh, they're pretty self-motivated. It's not like I have to be on them too much. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of blessed in that aspect, but at the end of the day, at some point, you know, we're going to just need to know what's going on. Like, how are we, how are we supposed to plan? You know, what, what's going to, what's summer going to look like? What, you know, what's the, uh, what's the fall going to look like? Is everything going to start on time? We don't have answers to that yet. And right. so the thing I keep telling our guys is you, you need to prepare as if you're going back to school tomorrow they're going to let us start practice and you know and I told them that's going to mean different things for different people because you know for a kid that their family's struggling right now because of this they might not if they don't work right now they might not get to play football next year because they're going to have to help out with the family that kind of thing you know there's, right. there's just a lot of factors out there that are beyond our control and you know I I, I was lucky to play for Mike Hohency, um, with the Peoria pirates. And one thing he always told us was he always said, attitude ten ninety that, you know, our, our uh, results are going to come from 10% of what happened and 90% of how we react. And you know, I, I think that's, that's kind of the message right now is how are you guys reacting to this? Are you getting better? Um, are you handling things that maybe you hadn't had time to handle before? You know, what are, what are some things you can do to get better in life in general? So,
0: right. It's good that I mean that's a great that's a great mindset to to give those guys you know to think that hey you could be back at school tomorrow let's let's prepare like it and you know back to work tomorrow so that's that's good that that they're um, that they're embracing that and, and still working hard for you so you know that's uh you you've always got um you know I can tell walk looking at some of your social media and everything that you've got kids that are proud to be part of that program and proud to be to play for you. So that's good that those guys are, are still working their tails
1: off. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, one thing that we pride ourselves on as a coaching staff and um, you know, I, I feel like I can speak for our other guys is that, you know, we care about our kids and, and we want to see them be successful and um, you know, we, we want to see them get through this and, and be healthy and, and, you know, have a, have a good future ahead of them, no matter what the outcome is, um, and preparing for the season so right right good coach
0: well last question I've got for you and, and this this is probably going to be a um, a pretty easy one I kind of kind of know where you're going to go with it but uh, y- you get to you get to create your own Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen and, and you get to pick five guys and it can be five guys you've coached five guys you've played with um, five guys you played against or, or just five, you know, guys that you have been a fan of, but, but who are you throwing on that, uh, that Mount Rushmore of offensive lineman?
1: Wow. Um, shoot. So, um, I'm, I'm really gonna be a homer here to be honest. (laughs) That's Um, fine. You know, um, first off at center, I, I mean, Brett Romberg, um, you know, he was our center when I was there. He won the Remington. It might have been the first year of the Remington um, that he won. And um, but the thing about him is that he was such a phenomenal leader of the team that it wasn't just the O line he was leading; it was the team. And and you need that from an O lineman, right? And so I'll put him at center. Um, you know, I've always been. Well, I mean, I got to go with Brian McKinney, too. Um, Brian McKinney at left tackle. Uh, and I know that um, the biggest thing about him when he was in college, he was the first offensive lineman to finish in the top eight, I believe, in the Heisman voting. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, wait, maybe he was the
1: second. I think Orlando Pace was the first. Yep, I think yep, I think you're right. Yeah, so, I mean, Bryant McKinney, he, uh, the biggest thing he was famous for in college was Dwight Freeney was on pace to set the all-time sacks record, and uh, McKinney held, held him to a half a tackle on the game. And um, that was just kind of his moment. Um, I've always been a big Tony Baselli fan. Okay. So I'm going to go with Tony Buscelli. Um I actually – it was. It's one of those things. It's just like I got to meet him one time. Um, I got a good story. I'll tell you some other time about, about him. But he, he, uh, he he's just a really good dude, and you know, I hope I hope he gets in the Hall of Fame. And or did he get in? He didn't get in, right? I don't think he got in yet. Yeah. So I'm hoping he does. I know he just got the coronavirus. That's that's kind of wild. Um, oh yeah, I saw. It. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So. Um. See, after that, um, I always, I mean, I know I already have two tackles, but I grew up in high school with the greatest show on turf 30 minutes from me. Right. Uh, Orlando Pace, man. That guy, even though he's a Buckeye, um, he's, he's a pretty festival Buckeye, at least. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, I like him. Um, and then. I mean, I'm going to go with a coach. I'm going to say Coach Kehoe. Okay. I'll put him up there. Um, And the fifth spot I'm reserving for the entire hog football chat community. Nice. Because the thing is, like, the way we're sharing information now is unprecedented, and, you know, it blew my mind the first time that, I was a part of that chat and a part of that you know I don't always get to be a part of it because it's right my kid's bedtime but right. um you know it's 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 just awesome and it's a group group of guys that are always have the right intentions and aren't trying to uh you know they're not trying to to hold their cards too much they're really trying to make people better and so yeah
0: that's what I'll go with for today I that's I can respect that those are some good choices right there so I I appreciate that um well, Coach, we'll we'll get you out of here and let you get back to your family. Um, if you want to go ahead and drop your Twitter handle and any other information you want these guys to know, um, I would appreciate that.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm uh, at Coach Coons fifty nine, um, and our 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 team is at Bengal Football, or at Bengal FB, um, and we also have Instagram. Um, my coach Coach Coons fifty nine Instagram as well, um, that I use quite a bit. So.
0: Well, all right, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Um, you know, stay healthy out there, and, and hopefully we'll see you, uh, see you real soon.
1: Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you having me on.
0: All right. Take care. Take care. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...